Do you remember that episode of The Office where Toby had been gone for a really long time and then Michael Scott's in the office one day, they tell him that Toby's coming back and as soon as Michael Scott sees Toby's face, he just yells, no, no, no. That's basically this week on the podcast. Welcome into another episode of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. I'm Kevin Kloss, and let me first start off with a sincere apology for this episode. It is Anthony Leone week, villain week here on the podcast. We'll talk about what makes Anthony such a villain for this league. He'll reference his .22 victory 37,000 times. And we'll try to negotiate a trade while we are recording the show live. You'll see where it all goes from there. Again, my deepest apologies. Here he is, the man, the myth, the tyrant, Anthony Leone. Anthony Leone, you have the guts to come on here after a lot of the stuff that you've pulled over the last couple of weeks. How's it going, man? It's going great. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, man, you know, I'm... I'm still a little surprised I'm here, but I'm happy to be here, and uh, I'm glad it's under these uh, these conditions. Why are you surprised that you're here? Well, when I was watching that game, I think, what was that against Travis, right? Um, with Tyreek Hill uh, needing to, you know, it's funny. We said he just needed to catch one ball. He didn't even need to catch one ball. He just needed to run right. two, two yards, right. three yards. I think I won that game by, let me think, maybe, maybe 0.22. Does that sound right? 0.22? Yes, that's, that sounds right. That right. sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've already leaned into it. So, like, clearly, how are you? Are, are you okay with fully embracing your role? Because clearly at this point, you are the villain of this league. Are you okay with this? Yeah. I mean, I thought I was the villain up until – uh what Today? a couple of days ago when, when was that when uh, right. uh whistle dogs uh <laughs> i think it's curtis like thank you if you're listening thank you for taking all this heat off me right now i'm no longer i'm no longer in the doghouse i think um oh, i wouldn't fact, agree i wouldn't agree with that at all no i no. mean I after his comments i i was quick I, did you see me i was quick yeah. i was like Oh, I know. I think he drafted a good team. Like I'm playing like Mr. Politician here. Uh, I need to try to gain, gain some, gain some fans back. Uh, no, but you know, everyone who knows me knows like, you know, I I'm, I'm looking to have fun and I don't take any of this seriously. You know, yeah, we make fun of each other, but it's all in, it's all in good fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I think everyone who knows me by now knows that. And yeah, when Travis said, Hey, you know, 0.22, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm going to rub it in his face because if, if, if I was on the reverse end of it, you know, I'd, I'd take it the same way. So, yeah, 0. .22. It was, I think it was 0. .22, right? It was, I'm going to have to check. I think it was 0. .22. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so I'm the bad guy. Maybe, maybe not as much now, but I'm still the bad guy. That's okay. I, I love it. I, I live for the moment. Let's have some fun, you know? So I will say, this is my first experience with you. I've never played in a league with you before. I've played in Roto Heat leagues for however long it's been around, three or four years, whatever that is. I have never had the privilege 
of playing in an Anthony Leone league. So I just assume this is who you are in every league. Is that fair? Is this sort of your stick in every league is this? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm who you see. You see the same guy when I go live with Sully and Brad on, mm-hmm. our, on our Roto Heat streams. Any league I'm in, um, if it's, especially if it's an active chat, what you see is what you get with me. Um, I, I, I wish I could like turn on and off the personality, you know, traits and, and maybe not be as unprofessional at times, but you know, I like making jokes and I like kind of, you know, making digs at people. Unlike some people, you know, I can take the dig. So if you want to throw it back at me, that's fine. Um, when, when Travis suggested, I run with the point two two and and add it to my team name. I mean, I think within twenty minutes I did that. I mean, it's like I'm I'm all in it. You know, let's have some fun, and uh, you know, it's it's all about you know making making friends and memories. So um, I, I hope if I ever say anything that rubs someone the wrong way, they know that it's it's just a joke, and and we're all here to just have fun at the end of the day. So we have fourteen owners who are left in this league. 14 teams active. You don't count in this question because you can't vote for yourself. So there's 13 owners that aren't you. How many of those 13 want you to go out every single week? You think it's 13? I think it's, I think it's pretty close. Pretty yeah, I think it's probably pretty high. There's really, I think, I think now Whistle Dogs has, is like who everyone wants to lose now. I just, I think um, you're trying a little too hard to push him to the front of the line, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, you go after you go after the champ like that, sure. um, uh, you know. But yeah, no, I think it's probably it's probably hit, me and him are probably at the top of everyone's list. I I'll, I'll go that far to say that. I don't know who's number one at this point, but either way, I'd be number two. So I mean, is that really a win at this point? Probably not. But you know, it is what it is. It makes it a little bit harder to do a trade, I think. But oh, yeah. You know, it is what it is. It's, it's cool. Let's have fun. I will say, as someone who makes his living in broadcast and sort of looks at what pulls in audience and ratings, I don't want you to go anywhere, man. This is, this is fuel for the fire for this show. Are you kidding? Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah, this is my first guillotine league. Um, oh, really? I haven't, yeah, I, and I wish I was in the leagues in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually wasn't even going to do this league. Only because, you know, I'm in so many other leagues and it's like, I know how labor intensive these waivers are. And it's, you know, it's like, man, do I really have the time commitment to do this? You know, every night with the waivers and stuff, but Evan, no money, mo problems. Right. Um, was actually the guy who, who said, Hey, you got to do this with me. He's, he's my friend in another league. And I'm like, all right, if you do it, I'll do it. So he's really the reason why I'm here. And I'm, I'm, I can't thank him enough. This is the most, fun league i'm in um and it it is a little bit of a labor commitment on waivers and such but i'm 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 so glad i've done it and if we do this every year i'm 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 in every year so you end up picking 13 when we do this draft obviously this kind of a league is a little deeper than i think what most people play in thinking back on the draft sort of what was your strategy coming in at 13 and and did you like it did you like picking that late in the draft knowing that that second pick comes around a little quicker yeah I was actually pretty happy with it you know I'm I'm always a wait on quarterback kind of guy mm-hmm. uh, I forget who was on 
the year pod prior who said they did the same thing normally, but then they drafted Lamar or, or something. Right. Um, but no, I, I'm a, I'm actually a wait for quarterback guy. And my first quarterback was, I think I was the last team to get a quarterback if, if I remember correctly. Um, but actually I took Sam Darnold, like in the, 11th or 12th round and he's mm-hmm. actually probably been the best player on my team um and so if i could redo the draft again my team would look very very similar to how it looks now i i don't really have any drafting regrets whatsoever i think it's interesting to hear you say that because w- with your first pick you take jonathan taylor who i think most people would think you know at 13 that's that's actually really good i think that's great value on jonathan taylor at 13 there are 18 teams in this league how many first round picks is Jonathan Taylor scoring more than in this league? So there's 18 picks. Jonathan Taylor is scoring more than how many other first round picks? Yeah, he's had, he's had a rough start to the year last week. He, he finally balled out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't, I would, I would think maybe 10, but is that, is that wrong? If you look at the 18 first round picks in this league, Jonathan Taylor yeah has outscored exactly one player. Oh, no. The only player he's outscored is Dalvin Cook, mostly because of injury. And, not, and, is, and so that means Christian McCaffrey's still ahead of him, too? Oh, my gosh. Yes, Christian McCaffrey is ahead of him. And he's Tyree at 50. Kill, my favorite player after week two? Oh, Tyreek Hill's got like 100 points because he blew oh up last week. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. As you're watching your team every week, you're like, oh, Jonathan Taylor's not great, but he's doing okay. And I honestly didn't know either when I was looking this up this afternoon instead of actually doing real work. I was really <laughs> surprised to see, like, wow, Jonathan Taylor only has outperformed one first-round pick. And that's, you know, Delvin Cook, who hasn't, you know, who missed that week. He, he missed week three against Seattle, who is not good against the run or the pass. You got to think Jonathan Taylor could have easily been the lowest-performing first-round yeah. pick. But, but, but I mean, in, does it matter, though? I mean, you've survived, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, I mean, if you don't count that week where I won by .22, I guess not. But but you made it. You know, top down, top down, I think I have, like, a good team. I don't think it's the best team. But I don't think it's the worst team. And I drafted for floor. And I don't know hmm. if, 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 if that, you know, if that kind of makes sense. But it does. I didn't, I didn't care for the, the high upside Tyler Lockett's. Um, I know people think DK Metcalf is, 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 uh, you know, like an upside type play, but I think he had a solid floor. He's, he's shown that so far this year, all of these guys I drafted were with the mindset of, of just a high floor. And so far it's, it's worked out other than that one week where I kind of skimmed by, but if you check this past week, I was almost the top score this past week with these group of guys that, I mean, there's really no crazy flashy names other than DK Metcalf and arguably Jonathan Taylor. But I, I, I just went for floor, man. So you did not do well on the first question about your team. We'll just be honest. You did not do well with that Jonathan Taylor question. We will see if you do better on the next question. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Four, 14 teams are remaining. Okay. We're not going to stack you up against the teams that have been eliminated because that's not fair for this question. But of the 14 teams that remain, how many of those teams do you think you have outscored this year? Oh, not many. Uh, You'd be close with that answer. Yeah. No, not many. Cause I know when you look at like the overall rankings, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm right down there with the people that have scored zero. Like I'm just like hanging out toward the bottom. 
Um, my, this last week though helped me out a little right. bit, mm-hmm. but I, I'd say not good. I mean, Jonathan Taylor started the year so so slow. DK Metcalf really too. It was all locked early on. Julio Jones has been a relative disappointment, and now he's out. Uh, so I I'd say. I'd say one, but I don't even know if that's if that's it. I mean, I might be really at the bottom of the remaining teams. You've actually outscored four. Okay, and that's only because of this last week. Prior to this last week, you know, I put up like one forty. Prior to this last week, I'm positive I was at the bottom. I'm hundred percent positive. Even still, though, <laughs> even still, you know this 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 format. It's not about scoring the most points. It's just about not scoring the lowest. Mm-hmm, for sure. And that's how I went into the draft. Even though that that second or third week when I almost got bounced by by point two two, um, you know didn't 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 happen. I still felt like I had a pretty good team in a, in a sense where I just need to get late enough in the year. And then I'll start, you know, building upon my roster. So that's kind of my strategy. It's risky, though. We see why. 0.22, you know, it's really risky. But at the same time, it's fun. And it's let's see how it goes. I mean, you've got a substantial amount of fab left. You've got 863 left. So you haven't spent too much of it realistically you look at your roster you look at sort of some of those player trends like you said dk starting slow julio kind of being banged up again jonathan taylor taking a while to get going but you've got a lot of cash sitting there in fab realistically what do you think you think like your team has the ceiling to be one of the top three or four contenders you think you're top 10 finish you think you're tick you know a ticking time bomb waiting to go out real realistically what do you think like the ceiling is or a realistic expectation for your team is i'm a little worried now i i um i've been saving my fab for like that time to strike Mm -hmm. and i put a my first big bid this week on travis kelsey over four hundred dollars of my fab i i put out there for travis kelsey i didn't get him and especially after losing logan thomas it's like a, it's a position of need for me. B, it's a it's a difference maker type player. And I felt if I could get Kelsey, uh, it would totally keep me safe for at least three, four weeks, easy. But I, it didn't it didn't happen. You know, I I got outbid by about forty dollars, I think. And hey, it's a good bid. So I'm just gonna have to keep walking this tightrope, you know, and and hope hopefully I can get. Maybe he falls on the waiver again. You know, but it is nice having that extra cash. You know, I know if I have more cash than other people toward the end, it's going to put me in a good situation. So at the same time, I'm also kind of, kind of, kind of grateful I didn't get Kelsey because now I still have all that extra cash to work with later down the line. You know, Chase Edmonds has has been a has been a great player for me. I got him, I think, in the late third. And it sounds early when when, but it's 18 teams, so it's it's oh, really right. like. It's really like a fifth round kind of pick in a regular league, uh, and he's he's been doing great for me uh, as my as my RB two. He he may have actually even outscored Jonathan Taylor to this point. So yeah, so he's been he's been a huge help. Uh, he's one of the main reasons why I'm still alive in this in this format for sure. So you brought up a couple of things that were 
in the rundown. So we're just going to jump ahead to this right now. You Correct. You did not get Travis Kelsey. You did get Tyler Conklin, who I assume you're going to have to play this week. Conk. Yeah. Uh, he was my backup plan. Um, he was my backup plan. If you dissect the wire, you'll mm-hmm. see how I, how I did it. So, yeah, he was my backup plan. And Chase Edmonds is your highest scoring running back. Yeah. In fact, he is he's your second highest scoring skill player. If you combine running back, wide receiver, and tight end, he's only behind Metcalf. Yeah, behind DK. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I'm going to say to you. And I was, I was going to say this to you. I, I had this written down in a word doc. I was going to say it to you before, and you've brought up both of these things. Okay. I will give you George Kittle for Chase Edmonds. Today. I, I, will, do, I will do it in real time right now. It gives you a tight end. Kittle has underperformed. Edmonds has probably overperformed. You need a tight end. I theoretically need a running back. I have, I would, I have I'll, Mark I'll be honest with you. I'm very open to doing a trade. I would want to do a two for two because you also have like some crappy running backs. Okay. Well, that's a bit much. Oh, no, <laughs> no offense. No, no, my running backs uh, are awful. I literally, I, I've said this before. I literally went into the draft and said, if Singletary and Fournette get me double digits, I'll just ride that for a few weeks. I'm very confident we can work a trade. Uh, I'm going to have to look a little bit closer to your roster, but I'm, uh, let's just say I'm, I'm interested. I, I can't commit to anything right now, but I'm surprised. I'll be honest. I am surprised that you are that you're walking away from the table. Well, who's 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 the second highest skill position player on my team right now? It's Chase Edmonds. It's Chase Edmonds. I do mean, you think that's sustainable? Given what, what do you think is more likely? Do you think it's more likely that Chase Edmonds holds the current performance, or is it more likely that Kittle raises the bar on what he's done so far? The problem with losing Chase Edmonds is that would make my RB2 Kenny Gainwell. Sounds good to me. And I already have Devonta Smith as a flex. Fine, you can have Devin Singletary then. Well, that, this, is one, this is kind of what I'm getting at. So I'd be more open to doing a Kittle and Singletary trade, for, you know, for like a two for two. Then, then leaving myself to, because the only other running backs I have on my roster, mm-hmm. other than Kenny Gainwell, Sony, it's Sony Michelle. I mean, I literally, that's it. That's bad. I know. So I don't want to. I don't want to basically, you know, exchange one problem and replace it, and then create another problem in itself. So I think I think there's opportunity here, and I'm and and I'm excited to talk to you after we get off get off the uh, the pod here. Um, so don't think that this is like a no, like I appreciate the offer. I'm glad we're doing this live and, and direct, but I'm, I'm going to have to tweak it a little bit. And I want, we- I want people to see what does it feel? What is it? Cause so, I mean, how often do you verbally negotiate trades in fantasy football? I never do like never. Well, I, you know, I, I do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on with Roto heat. I, okay, I'm a always good point. talking about deals. Um, I, I have a, I just started a new job this week, actually. I'm, I'm doing deals like this over the phone, but for a, d- a different commodity. Sure. And not fantasy football players. Right. But this is, I mean, this is really my life. Um, so I, I'm good with it. I, I can, you know, dip, dive, weave, let's go, baby. Uh, but this, uh, because of my situation, I'm, I'm going to have to take a step back here and, and see what I can do off, off the line. But uh, I am interested. Don't, don't, don't take this uh, – 
this now no as a no. It's just, uh, let's pause and reset and talk about this offline. I'm still surprised. I'm still surprised, but that's fine. I respect, I respect the decision to walk away, take a breath and talk about it when we're not <laughs> doing a live recording. Um, punch in the face. It's happened the last couple of weeks. It has to happen again this week. Who would you rather punch in the face? I really wanted to see, I, I thought to myself, I can't ask him if he would punch himself in the face because he's just going to say no to that. Most people, you're the option for who would they want to punch in the face. <laughs> but with you on this week, that question has to be different. So would you rather punch, and remember, rules are sucker punch, there is no repercussions. You don't have to worry about any kind of retribution. Yeah. You would, would you rather punch Julio Jones or Frank Reich? Because <laughs> you know, I think you can make a case for both. Yeah, there have been times where you feel like. But didn't Frank Wright have like cancer or something? Or am I thinking of? Nagging make me feel bad. I don't know. I'm I'm not. Maybe I'm confusing my my Colts uh, personnel. Is that Pagano? Um, Oh yeah, that's right. Look at me. I have all kinds of Colts stuff stored up here somewhere. Honestly, who I really would want to punch you—you didn't give him as an option—but who I really would want to punch is Jameis Winston, because. Uh, he's actually not on my roster anymore. I was going to say, you don't have any Saints on your team, do you? Yeah, he wasn't. But I just recently <laughs> dropped him for Heineke. And I actually, after week one, I'm thinking, man, like, what am I going to do? A quarterback, Tua, you know, and, and Donald, is this really sustainable? I don't know. Uh, ultimately, Donald's like my best player on my team now, ironically. But I was like, you know what? I don't know. And I, so I, and you know, that was the week after, you know, Jameis Winston week one through five touchdowns. I'm thinking, right. Oh man, I got to get this guy on my team. And I pay like 30 bucks. And I don't think anyone else even bid on the guy. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the only one who actually bid on him. This, again, this is my first week of, of, of guillotine. I've never done this sure. before. And then I think the following week I started him. This was the week, the week mm. two the 22 and he's one of the, I didn't start Donald. And this is one of the main reasons why I think I almost lost was because I started, I started Winston ahead of Donald. Um, so of them all Winston for giving me false hope after week one and then letting me down the following week is and waste having me waste 30 bucks of fab. That that's who I'd want to punch the most. You know, just looking at your roster real quick. Week, if you're around in week 14, that is kind of going to suck for you. <laughs> given Yeah, that, and I've looked at that. Have you seen that? Um, okay, yeah. But it's too far out. I mean, oh, for, by, sure, I figure, for sure. I figure by then I'll have hopefully saved enough money where I can just buy new pieces and get stuff done. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really too worried about that. Um, I know Stev's brought it up, man. He has like 27 players on by week seven. God. So – I mean, I, oh, he brought yeah. it up too. Like he knows. That's why he's through six weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> right now, I, so I yeah, figure, man, I if, I can just, if I can just get through week five and week six, I'm fine <laughs> to get to week eight. Uh, <laughs> no, but he even he has time to to get that you know, sorted out. So, um, yeah. But again, this is one of the reasons why the guillotine leg is so much fun because there's there's so many different strategies. There's so many different ways you can play the game. You know, other people look at bye weeks more seriously than others. And really, there's no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Because who's to say what I'm doing is right? I almost got bounced weeks ago. What I do today 
could have really meant nothing had Tyreek Hill, you know, got three more yards on a play. So, you know. The thing that I feel is different in guillotine leagues, and this is as someone who's played in guillotine leagues, I think maybe this is like year two or three for me, and openly someone who like is just scoreboard watching from pretty much one o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time till about midnight Eastern time is it's, it's a much different experience if you've got MFL's app or whatever up in front of you. So if I'm playing you in a, you know, a standard super flex league or whatever, I'm just looking at your team and my team. I'm just looking at that box score to see what happens with the guillotine league. Like, for the first couple of weeks, I actually don't know what to look at. Do I look at my team? I should, well, I should probably look at my team, but like it's not solely up to me. So what are you scoreboard watching on Sunday with, with the guillotine league? Are you just looking at your team or are you looking at teams that you no. think are weak links? What are you doing? I'm looking at the overall standings. When, As an example, this past weekend when Logan Thomas went down with zero points, mm-hmm. you know, ruled out for the game with a hamstring injury, I even said in the chat, like, I do not feel good about this, like, for my team, you know, because uh, I'm thinking, man, I'm already down one player. And, I mean, little did I know I'd, I'd, I'd post one of the best weeks I've, I've had. But at that time, that point in time, I thought this is not good for me. Um, but once I saw, like, I was doing really well, I kind of, I mean, honestly, I stopped looking at it because it's like, oh, I don't need to worry about it. It's, it's done. It's, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Um, I actually don't really, I'm in a lot of leagues, man. I'm in, like, 15 leagues and I don't do a whole lot of scoreboard watching for fantasy. I, I, if I'll look at a score, I'll, you know, see what it's at. I don't really get too much, too bad into it. Cause I'm in so many leagues anyway. It's like at the end of the day, whether I waste time looking at all these rosters or not, it's really not going to change anything. So that doesn't, that doesn't mean I don't peak. Yeah. I, I look and, and if I'm ahead of, you know, like in one of my head to head matchups against, you know, one of my buddies, I'll make a little jab at him. Obviously you guys see me in the chat, how Mm -hmm. I operate, but um, I don't really scoreboard watch too much because you never know. I mean, even if you think you're good, even if you think, even if you know, Oh yeah, there's no way Tyree kills not going to get 6.1 points. uh, You just never know what can happen. I mean, I've been playing fantasy football since 1999, man. I've seen it all. I've seen a guy lose because uh, Des Bryant, fumbles his only catch of a game gets minus two points and he lost because of that i've seen that happen i've seen it all happen man so um and i know a lot of you guys have, have all you know who are listening have all seen crazy stuff like you know sully mentioned chase edmonds last year mm-hmm. you know, getting that 70 yard you know touchdown to win a game that's why i lost the game last year uh so we all have these experiences i have i have a buddy who uh, the 49, I'm a 49er fan. He's a 49er fan. He had the 49er defense as his team defense in the league. Uh, this was the, the final game at Candlestick Park, week 16, 2000. Uh, it's fading me now, 11 maybe. I think it was Navarro Bowman has a pick six for a touchdown. That seals them their game. That won his championship that league that year was because of that play. So, you know, we've all seen these crazy things happen. You never know what's going to happen until it does happen. That's why I don't personally scoreboard watch too much, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on it here and there. I, mean, I know what you mean. I won a league once on a two-point conversion after a recovered onside kick. So, like <laughs> – Exactly. Like, so, like, weird, weird stuff, weird stuff can absolutely happen. 
you know, I would say as someone who does scoreboard watch this league fairly aggressively, my thing, and it's a flawed system is I always want to find, I want to find the guy who after the one o'clock games on Sunday has zero players remaining. And that's my target. That's my guy is whoever that is going into the four o'clock has no one playing, you know, at four or Sunday night or Monday night. My thing is just be ahead of this guy. And then four o'clock is a breach you or be close. If I know that I'm, you know, a dozen points behind Travis and Travis is done at one. And I still have, you know, Devonte Adams and I don't know, Jalen hurts or something going either at four or one of those later games in the week. I feel pretty good about the fact that I can get a dozen points from those two guys. So that's sure. like, that's sort of my, and it's obviously a very flawed system, but it's just look at who's going to be done the soonest and just try to make sure that you are ahead of them. Not that I can do anything about it, but I'm just actively watching it to see like, okay, he's going to be done. He's not going to have a chance to catch me. You know, can I be ahead of him or can I at least be close enough that I don't have to worry about getting caught from behind on a weird Chase Edmonds play, like you said. Yeah, and I thought, I mean, that that Sunday night game with Tyreek Hill, I mean, I thought for sure I was done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was contacting you. I like, know. Hey, when can we set this up? But I'll tell you what, dude, at the halftime, when I was still alive, even then I thought it was it was over. But at the end of the third quarter, when I was still alive, <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat the entire fourth quarter. I mean, I wish I had a camera for you guys. <laughs> I mean, I was a mess, dude. And I was getting this hyped over this guillotine league. And at that point, that got me sold on this format. I just, I absolutely love it. And I, st- I still can't believe that happened. Like, I still can't believe I won by three yards, uh, 0.22 points. I, if I can, I'd also, um, I'd like to explain my team name. If, sure, if why not? I can, I can try. You know what? I uh, think that's good because I, I actually don't think we've referenced 0.22 enough. So if you could maybe do, do it some service, that would be good to, just to get everyone I, up to speed. Yeah, I'd love to. So uh, I am the law of 0.22 prurial. So I love the movie Judge Dredd, Sylvester Stallone. So that's I wanted to tie that in. The Law of the 22 Prairie, uh, French Revolution, guillotine. That's kind of what this is. So basically the law of the 22 prairie was like this, you know, big historical date. And I love how it tied into the, you know, the 22, the 0.22, how I got through this guillotine. Um, so I just, I, I just wanted people to know that my, my team name is, is very historical in nature. And I think my victory that week was historical in a sense where a man, if I can win this league, and I know Travis, after he lost, he said, man, it would be cool if he, could, if he could win this league by just such a thin margin that one week. So really, my goal is to win this thing. I, I, I am putting so much effort into this league um, because I, wa- I, I mean, I want to win and I, it's so much fun. But I really want to win this league. So I really uh, you know, appreciate you having me come on and, and talk about how great I am and how great my team is going to be. And how I'm going to win this thing with maybe George Kittle. We'll see. Um, George Kittle yeah, can be so that, yours. George Kittle can be <laughs> yours. I mean, to be fair, he's not doing a whole lot for me, and I've got Mark Andrews, so you could have him. 
the other thing that worries me about Kittle is, yeah, Nothing. it might it might be an upgrade over over uh, Conk Conk this week. Except that I think they have a bye the following week, right? Like, am I am I crazy here? I think they have a week six bye. You think the Niners have a week six bye? Is that what you're saying? I think I think so. Um, I'm I'm a Niner fan, so I'm that's I'm, correct. They do. They do right. So that's, that's a correct. little kind of like, even if I do trade for him, does it really help me? Because I'm just going to have to put him on the bench next week anyway. That's so, assuming you make it there, but right. You can deal with that next week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's going to have to factor into this trade, though, now that I think a little bit more about it. I'm just being honest with you, man. That's fair. <laughs> that's very <laughs> fair. Um. I hate to do this to you. I don't really hate to do this to you. I want you to have to do this. Uh, who's going out this week? Who's going to be the low team that goes home? Who we are all, you know, pillaging their players from the following week. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've looked at all the teams. I looked at how I stacked up against everyone. Honestly, I think everyone has a pretty good team. Um, I thought this for the past few weeks. You know, I mean, even uh, uh, Mark, who lost, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Whistle Dog said he didn't think. I think he had a really solid team. Um, I mean, I was interested in almost all. I mean, if you look at my bids, I I think you can bring a run a report and you can see who I bid on. I was, I loved all. I mean, and and it got to the point where I was like, man, even if I win half these guys, I'm not going to be able to drop anyone else to get another half of these guys. I thought he had a really good team. It's really unfortunate that he lost the way he did. Because I thought he drafted well. I liked his team really top down. I mean, he has I, – I didn't think he had, like, a, like a crazy high upside team. I thought he had some really solid players. He had, you know, a couple injuries. Uh, but just some guys who just underperformed. And I, I, I didn't answer your question, did I? No. Um, I think I'll, – I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be dead honest. I think I'm, I'm, I'm close to elimination. All right, I have a thousand other things I could easily ask you about, um, but I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to say thank you for coming on, uh, chatting with me about this. And selfishly, I hope you survive because, like I said, the league is more interesting when you are in it, obviously, and the show is definitely more interesting when you are in the Rolodex of potential people to come on. And just so everyone's aware – my pitch to Anthony was, do you want to come on and just basically brag about your team? And you were instantly on board. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on board. Look, I got Sam Darnold in the 12th round. Everyone slept on him. Uh, I took Chase Edmonds late. He was, I mean, I think I took Chase Edmonds after James Conner. He's been, he's been great. Uh, James Conner's been good, too. I don't want don't to knock James Conner. But, you know, everyone waited on DK Metcalf. I took him. Julio, yeah, he's been hurt, but I got him at a great value. Uh, you guys didn't want to take Kenny Gainwell, a guy who's going to score 20 points. You guys are like, nah, nah, I don't want him. I'll take him. He scored 20 uh, points once. The, he scored 20 points once against the, the Chiefs. Top, I almost got the top score last week, and I would have if my tight end didn't go down with a, with a, with a zero. So even though I'm not too optimistic about my chances this week, I'll tell you what. If I do survive, you guys better watch out because I'm going to take down this league. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks to Anthony Leone for coming on and bragging about his success for the better part of 45 minutes. 
We'll be back next week. Maybe Anthony Leone is back next week if he does poorly. Maybe Rob Sullivan is here. Maybe Chris is here. Maybe the other Travis is here. Or maybe it's that awkward episode where I am just monologuing with myself about why I should have invested in a real running back. Either way, we'll be here next Thursday. Thanks for listening.